Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. I've been training for more than 15 years and I've done many things from weightlifting to CrossFit to martial arts to calisthenics and much more. But for over a decade, I've always been excited and pumped to do my workouts, except one. Can you guess which one? And of course you can, because if you're like most of us, then going to the gym and getting on a treadmill or an elliptical machine sure isn't fun, and it can normally be considered boring. Hundreds of people have personally come up to me and complained on how much they don't like doing a cardio session. And for years, I've been trying to find the most easiest way to biohack this global cardio problem. Well, it turns out that there are others around the world who are trying to figure out the same thing. And I found one company which probably cracked the code in trying to create the ultimate cardio biohack. And to investigate this further, I have on the show today, Mark Young, who is the CEO of this company called Zona Health. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, CJ. I appreciate the invite. Thanks for coming on and taking some time. Mark, you have been in the education industry for some time, and you're no stranger to the entrepreneurial world. So talk to me about your background. How did you get to Zona Health? Oh, so accidentally. <laughs> I'll be that was honest. honest. Most of the things that happen in my life are accidental. I can't take credit for them. Mm -hmm. um, I got involved with Zona. Um, I actually spent the majority of my career in the academic world, um, as you had alluded to. And um, of all the crazy things, um, I had been a cash investor in Zona years ago. I'd come across the device, um, was somewhat mesmerized from it. Uh, my father and I both had actually gotten a um, I'll say a pitch, but it was a it was a fundraising round for them where they were raising some funds. We both had come across it, um, both invested some cash in the business because we believed in the product. And then years later, um, of all the crazy things, uh, they were making some changes. And I had been part of a conversation in which I was asked if I would come on board uh, and lead the company because of all the big changes that we've been in the process of doing right now. So what started off as a uh, few months of consulting has turned into about four and a half years with the company um, and bigger things in the, on the horizon. So yeah, accidentally, if that can summarize that way. <laughs> yes, that does summarize it well. I mean, so many things in the world, like, you know, you talk to so many successful people and people who are making a difference. And most of the times, like, they do come into things either by accident or things just randomly happen. So they get to that point. Now, I started off this conversation with how cardio can be boring for people but we know that moving your blood around your body can have a very positive impact on biology things like it can improve your heart and lung function it can improve your blood flow you know you have good sleep you have good mood your risk of hypertension heart disease and even diabetes to a point like decreases but cardio is boring and most people don't enjoy moving that way why do you think that is so? Why do you think that people hate cardio? Because it sucks. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be real. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, most people I was reading, I follow a, I was a runner for years. So I, I understand this. 
Um, and I was laughing. I follow a running page on Instagram still. And um, it, I had to laugh because it said, in quotes, you're crazy. And then beneath it in parentheses, it said, a runner's favorite compliment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, because pe people don't like it. It's exerting. Obviously, it, it stresses the cardiovascular system. It's not comfortable. There's a lot of things that, you know, leg cramps, soreness, the time that it takes to actually get a, a long run. I just did a half marathon out in Seattle uh, back in July, and it's just literally just the hours it takes to do it. And people are so busy nowadays that I think that's one of the biggest concerns behind it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, well, it's, I, it's stressful. It's strenuous. And I think most of us are just lazy in some way or the other, like there are some well-motivated people who are, you know, they would just, I have a few friends who are like training for Ironman right now and they would just wake up at five in the morning and run yeah. and they just find excuses to get out of like their daytime job to, you know, get onto a bike or get onto the ocean and swim. But most of us aren't that way. And when you look around the world, um, most typical recommendations are, if you wanted to be like some of the government said is that if you wanted to be healthy, uh, you have to work out for at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity. That would be per week. Or you have like 75 minutes of either like vigorous activity, like high intensity activity over mm -hmm. a week. Or I think even it was the World Health Organization that says if you're doing any kind of cardio at a time, then make sure that you do it for at least 10 minutes because According to their data, they found out that a quarter of the people in the study that they did, which was about more than a million people, like 27.5% of the people did not really get enough exercise. And that is the case for most people when they get into like all of these different health problems. And one of well, the things that most of you here in America, well, it's uh, trust me, is becoming a global problem now, at least the um, where I live which is dubai united arab emirates there's hypertension diabetes um just people not moving enough is huge like um it's also because most of the people here do not use public transportation everyone's driving most of the times there's uh, we don't have a lot of it's really hot out here so most of the people are always in ac they have to be indoors like it could get up to a 50 degrees celsius or i don't know in fahrenheit it's 110 maybe in the summers most of the times and so we think about all these things and we think about cardiovascular health and one of the things that i would like to bring up or you know focus on today with you is hypertension or for lack of a better word blood pressure and our blood pressure normally changes throughout the day and you know depending on when you measure it you can get um, you can get different results so tell me what is it with blood pressure and health why do people have to like focus on understanding what blood pressure is and i just defined i think i butchered that thing but maybe you can give us a better definition of blood pressure and how it relates to health well what i'll say is that blood obviously is the is the uh let's say the building blocks but it, but it is it is the um, the transductor for everything that's taking place at the bottom, the way oxygen is moved, the way nutrients are moved, the way everything is moved all over. It, it's the equivalent. You talked about people driving everywhere versus public transportation. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, I'll, I'll equate the circulatory system to the transportation system of the body, right? This is how things are moving from place to mm -hmm. place. 
Um, and and with blood pressure, it's the equivalent of hitting traffic jam. So what's happening mm-hmm. is when you when you get too much trying to move through a narrowed opening, um, there gets to be a backup, and that backup leads to to all sorts of problems. Now, obviously, you're not creating more or less blood, but it, it's the constriction of that of the cardiovascular system that ends up narrowing that opening. Imagine the case that you've got a four lane or a five lane expressway that has two lanes closed. Mm-hmm. That, that's blood pressure, right? That, that's the blood trying to move. The exact same amount of traffic is trying to move through a narrower opening. Um, and it's causing all sorts of problems, which means oxygen is not being moved around the way that it should, which means nutrients are not, which means um, platelets are not moving around, which means your immune system's not working the way that it should, which means your brain's not getting fed the way that it should. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things that, that, are, that are associated with this simply because it is the it's traffic system in the body um, from, from, a, from an organic standpoint, I mean, not neurologically speaking, but from an mm-hmm. organic standpoint, that's what's, that's what's taking place. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, here in the U.S., a third of all people um, are, are reported to have high blood pressure. And that's of the people who actually have been tested and have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's clearly others who have not even been tested to have high blood pressure and have it and don't even realize it. One of the biggest problems that I see with it, to be honest with you, CJ, is we treat blood pressure as if it itself is a disease. And again, I keep referring back to here in the United States, but here in the U.S., our FDA, um, our Food and Drug Administration, classifies hypertension as a condition. It's a disease. Um, And here's the part that I think is sad. And you and I were talking offline a minute ago about trying to connect the dots because there's multiple Mm -hmm. different levers that you're pulling at the same time. And sometimes finding a causal relationship is difficult. So we have these associations and we, we piece together our theories of what's happening um, much the same way with hypertension. And that is arguably, I would state that hypertension itself is not a disease. It's not a condition. It's a symptom of something else that's taking place. Um, and as you mentioned, maybe it's too much sedentary time. Maybe it's too much indoors. Maybe it's maybe it's a, a diet issue. Maybe it's maybe it's completely different disease, and hypertension is a symptom of that disease. Um, but unfortunately, we're trying to we're trying to treat symptoms, and we're not treating the underlying reasons. Because if I can make your symptom go away, if you if if you had a bum leg and I were to give you enough pain medication, you may forget about the leg being a problem. Doesn't fix the fact that you have a broken leg, though. True. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems we have with hypertension nowadays is we're treating it as if it is the problem when in fact it's a symptom of a greater problem. Mm-hmm. One of the things that people like to correlate or ev- at least every time I've had, I've been around conversations where hypertension or high blood pressure comes up is the amount of salt people consume. So you've looked at this, I'm sure you've looked at it quite deeply. What's the relation of, or how are people relating higher salt intake and um, blood pressure increases? So here's two things. The first thing I will tell you is the reason why people associate salt and high sodium diets with blood pressure is simply because high sodium diets cause water retention. Mm -hmm. And the more fluid that you have in your body, obviously that's going to create some kind of pressure related issue because the body can only move so much fluid at a time. It's like putting more traffic on that highway. Mm -hmm. Um, 
typically what would happen is if you're in there, they would give you some kind of diuretic that would end up, you know, water pill, if you will, that would, that would expel that uh, additional fluid, but it's just water. The average mm -hmm. person who goes on a low sodium diet lowers their blood pressure by about two, maybe three points systolic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, I'm going to say it's unrelated, but the reality is, is that the, the causation between those two things are not, are not fair. There's, there's somewhat of a correlation, but the bigger issue is, is potassium. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably the side of the equation that most people don't pay enough attention to. Um, they talk about that, you know, you need to be on a low sodium diet. It's like, okay, so now you moved it two points because you were able to lower the amount of fluid that your body was retaining through water retention. But it doesn't solve the blood pressure problem, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of the things that keeps everyone keeps circling around, and a lot of the people, uh, even doctors, uh, at least in this part of the region, are convinced that reducing your overall sodium intake can reduce hypertension. But no one is really focusing on the other minerals like potassium and the role of magnesium that it has in your body, and not even particular to hypertension, but to all the other processes which are key to maintaining um, just a just a systematic homeostasis. And one of the things that I often um, hear people say is like process, you know, reduce your processed foods because it has a lot of salt inside. But also what really flies under the radar is the amount of carbohydrates or sugar that people consume now i don't know which kind of a dietary protocol do you have or do you suggest but do you think there is a role of simple carbohydrates or processed carbohydrates in increasing hypertension or blood pressure so i'm going to go back to the that systems i actually just gave a talk in the over the weekend and this was actually one of the topics we were talking about and that is um, the idea of, of metabolic dysfunction and how it relates to hypertension. Um, one of the things that happens, and, and you mentioned earlier about you know, people in the Middle East starting to have problems with things like diabetes and things that are typically not something that you hear about in those, in those places. Um, one of the things that happens with hypertension, again, is it can actually mask itself uh, in many different ways. And part of that masking actually takes place with um, a, a dysfunctional uh, system. And that is if you have a dysfunctional system and in, in specifically uh, cardiovascular system, it does lead um, to things such as metabolic dysfunction. And when you end up with that, that metabolic dysfunction, it can actually masquerade as diabetes uh, because it, it does cause those types of, those types of uh, those types of issues. So I, I agree with you. I'm actually looking up. I, I wish I could share some slides with you from the presentation that I was just doing over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you can send it to me later and I can share it on like um, to some of my listeners, maybe via some social media channel. And that, yeah, that would be good as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the biggest thing, and it, it all ties back to, and I'm, I'm trying not to jump ahead because we haven't really talked about Zona yet. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that, that it gets to is um, it, it I'm going to tie it all back to a nitric oxide production. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, talking about this system without talking about, you know, the topic that we're discussing is I'm feeling a little backward here. So pardon me. Mm -hmm. But sure. for instance, a, a defective NOS system, and that is we talk about nitric oxide production and nitric oxide, of course, I'm sure you're familiar, actually 
exists in three different types of synthase. And we've got the immune synthase, we've got the, um, uh, the, this, this, the neural, and then we have the endothelial. Mm-hmm. And the endothelial is really where I'm gonna spend more time talking. But those three different synthases, and, and I'll put immuno aside because it's, it's kind of irrelevant. The other two really spend more time with your system. Anytime that you've got a system in the body that's functioning poorly, some other system picks up and covers for it, right? If, if one leg is not doing well, the other leg just works harder. Um, that, that happens. You lift weights a lot. If you've got one arm that's kind of bum, what ends up happening? The other ends up picking up the slack, right? Yep. And, and then before time, you end up with an ache in the other arm. It's normally, it's why they tell you to use the cane on the, on the, on the same side so that you end up uh, not hurting the other hip if you've got an injury. Um, the same thing happens within your entire system, including that nitric oxide system, that NOS, that nitric oxide mm-hmm. synthase. When one system is not doing well, let's say that your, your endothelial nitric oxide is off which, mm-hmm. by the way, leads to a hardening of the endothelial, which leads to high blood pressure because your regulatory system is off. But what ends up happening is that that neural loss ends up taking over. And there's studies mm-hmm. that prove that de- depriving the body of these things actually will destroy the body. I mean, literally, they've done it in animal subjects where they've um, deprived mice of any type of nitric oxide, and they've, they've died. Literally, the mouse just died. Like, they just can't function without it. Here's part of the problem is when you end up with a defective NOS system, you end up with an activating of a different system called the renin-angiotensin, mm-hmm. okay? That leads to a problem with AT1 receptors and ends up leading to metabolic syndrome. So again, I get to, you end up with a symptom that looks like a metabolic problem mm-hmm. when in fact it's a nitric oxide problem. And a nitric oxide problem may be looking as if it's a blood pressure issue, but over here you've got this metabolic issue. You've got this uh, this coronary arteriosclerosis taking place, this hardening of the arteries that, in in you know, in a in a severe case like this, ends up to a doctor treating the symptom of diabetes. So the person appears yeah. to have type two diabetes when in fact they really have a nitric oxide deficiency. Interesting. And we also know that most of the sedentary people, like not, a lot of the sedentary people who are probably sitting for eight to 10 hours a day uh, in front of computer screens will have less nitric oxide. So just for everyone who's listening, I'm sure if you are from the athletic background or like uh, any performance sports, you've heard of nitric oxide because it improves blood flow. But as Mark mentioned, it also reduces uh, hardening or stiffening of the arteries it reduces blood pressure it definitely you'll have it in all pre-workout supplements because it improves blood flow and for the older uh, population it also can help with you know sometimes when you're having problems just getting things up like or airtile dysfunctioning it that the, the the molecule that opens up those blood vessels is nitric oxide and First and Mark, it's so it's so funny because today um, I was at I was at an event. It's called Jitex. Um, it's like this huge technological um, exhibition that's happening, and people from all over the world, especially with AI robotics and things like that, um, are there. And I was talking to someone, and he asked me about nitric oxide, and he was just asking me, oh, "Okay, how do I?" Oh, basically, he just asked me on how to improve blood flow, and the first thing that came to my mind was. You've got to exercise, and one of the things that you have to focus on is nitric oxide. Now, I know that 
using, and we'll come to Zona in a bit. Um, but since we are on this topic already, what are some of the more easier ways for people who are listening right now to increase nitric oxide? Like how can they benefit from just using some kind of either a biohack or something like a yeah. food group that can improve nitric oxide? Well, so there's the nitric oxide is, again, it, it exists in multiple different ways, but it's actually produced mm-hmm. by every cell in the body. Mm-hmm. So every tissue, particularly muscle tissue, is, is big on actually um, lots of nitric oxide and producing that nitric oxide, but only when it's triggered. One of the examples that I give, um, we talk about biohack, and I know your audience is a biohacking audience, mm-hmm. um, but, but one of the things that biohacking really is, is using the body's own defense systems, and that defense system creates an experience that we want, even though the body's not in danger. So we almost, we put our body into that sympathetic nervous system, um, and by putting ourselves into that space, we turn on the defenses because there's something about the defense that we find pleasurable, or in this case, we find it to be a health benefit. The body prefers to be in a parasympathetic state. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the things specifically that can increase nitric oxide production? Well, you mentioned things uh, like diet. Well, obviously eating things, you know, beets have been connected to spinach, um, certain nuts, not all of them, but some watermelon, garlic. Um, those types of things are big in nitric oxide. So again, that that leafy greens category, mm-hmm. those are those are big in nitric oxide. I mean, mm-hmm. so obviously introducing those things into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly things, as you have discussed, working out, um, but not specifically just any type of workout. That's one of the things that a lot of people confuse. And I laugh because I personally go to a hit gym. So mm-hmm. my, my gym is that high intensity and it's it's cardio and woven together with lifting. Um, and I, I, I laugh because people are like, oh, I just left the gym. I'm like, oh, really? What, what did you do today? And it's like, oh, I was on the treadmill for like 20 minutes. I'm like, so different. <laughs> yeah. It was like not even the thing. Yeah. Uh, because again, it's that definition of I worked out. Um, mm-hmm. or I was talking. I checked the, the box. Yeah. Right. I, I checked the box. I did something. And again, I'd rather them do something than nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to a friend the other day about um, diet. You mentioned, you know, uh, you ask me what kind of regimen do I hold to? I eat in a relatively high protein, low carbohydrate way, mm-hmm. um, and part of that definitely goes into that biohack, paleolithic diet type mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I eat a lot of the animals and not much of the carbs at all. Um, but the reality is, is like it, it's not because the carbohydrates are bad. It's a matter of stacking them in such a way that your body's able to process them properly. And that's, I think, where most people have problems. The processed food is not just about sodium. In a lot of ways, it, it's all of the other things that are in there. And it's understanding the way that the body actually digests those things. Um, back to the workouts, though, one of the things, and it's a good segue, is um, a lot of people don't do, um, I know you know this, I saw your Instagram video earlier, you, you understand the, the, the value of a concentric and an eccentric movement. Mm-hmm. You know, the concentric being the up, the eccentric being the down, you know, the contracting versus the extending a muscle. But most people don't pay attention to the value of isometric exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and isometric exercise here is what we really focus on a lot, um, simply because we've found a way to biohack the body's belief mm-hmm. that it's in danger through isometric exercise. Um, picking mm-hmm. up heavy things and putting them back down is not unusual. Holding a very uncomfortable position for two minutes is unusual. 
and it mm -hmm. triggers the brain's response to things. So we'll get into the details of that, but the, mm -hmm. the, the workout needs to be a specific designed workout for that nitric oxide. Aside from those things, I would tell you that I also, I, I flashed this up a second ago. I, I mm -hmm. take a nitric oxide supplement every day. Mm -hmm. um, usually I'll take it. Which one is it? Um, I, take I couldn't read from, it. It's Vitellia Life. Mm -hmm. It's Vitellia.com. Mm -hmm. um it it's a nitric boost product i love the stuff um the real active in it is l-citrulline mm -hmm. um which again is bringing the body again you want to make sure that if you're taking a nitric oxide supplement that you're not taking the supplement that is just giving the nitric oxide but rather it's triggering the body to create its own mm -hmm. um so l-citrulline um, i prefer um l-arginine is another one that actually gives a nit nitric oxide boost yeah. in the supplement yeah. world um, I prefer citrulline to arginine personally, just because of some other things that arginine does. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, it's like taking that supplement. You mentioned nitric oxide being known for energy boost for those types of things. Like I'll take my nitric oxide supplement before I go to the gym because I like the boost I get. But yeah. if I forget to take it, I'll take it afterwards. And it's not because I get the energy boost at the end. It's because it actually increases muscle recovery. So mm -hmm. it's good before, it's good after, it's, it's good for both. Sometimes I'll take it during my work day because it helps with mental acuity. Yeah, uh, it's just a wonder molecule. It's, it's, it's really well, great it, for everything. It's amazing. But the thing is, is like the nitro, the reason the nitric oxide is doing all of those things, because I'm, again, I'm a marketing guy by trade. It's like, and you know, tell somebody that it does everything and suddenly they believe it does nothing, right? <laughs> and, and the reality is, is nitric oxide is a vasodilator. Mm -hmm. and this is what people are missing is the nitric oxide does some great stuff, but really nitric oxide is doing one thing for you. What is it doing? It is increasing blood flow. We talked about the traffic jam on the highway and the circulatory system. If your, your, your circulatory system, if your, your veins, if your arteries are, are all constricted and nitric oxide just opens the channel for the blood to flow more freely, not a surprise. I have more energy before a workout, not a surprise. My muscles recover better. Not a surprise, more oxygen is getting to my brain during my workday. Having that increased blood flow throughout the entire day is optimal, to be honest with you, because we all want that. The issue, again, goes back to that, that, that coronary arteriosclerosis, that is that hardening of the arteries, specifically at the endothelial level, and nitric oxide actually works to open those vasodilators. But there is, there's another level to that that I want to get into as well, because nitric oxide is great to, to open it, but it's going to go back to normal unless we get to that conversation about potassium. Okay. All right. So you've mentioned some really great points and people who are listening, uh, if it's safe to do so, I would really encourage you to take notes because these are coming from an expert and it's, it's really valuable. In my opinion, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. Um, you know, vegetables like beets or, you know, those leafy greens like arugula, especially, which increases the amount of nitrates that convert into nitric oxide. You mentioned things like L-arginine and L-citrulline, which L-citrulline will be, I mean, it's one of those things, like you mentioned, the, just the process by itself. When L-arginine is made, then L-citrulline comes as a byproduct so it's easier to recycle and convert it back uh, some of the other things would be like uh, yeah like you said workouts can be one um, I would say even mouthwash I've seen some data saying that when you 
don't when you restrain yourself from using a lot of mouthwash it can sometimes affect the bacteria in your oral uh, oral bacteria which can produce nitric oxide and one of the most cheapest ways to do it is like just do that old school nasal breathing because when you breathe from your nose then your paranasal sinuses also produce a lot of nitric oxide so i'm glad we you know buried that nitric oxide thing and now everyone's kind of got a picture on why we are um talking about like let's say nitric oxide well but let's change let's let's get into something else now i was very surprised to learn about your company because i was walking uh for your listeners i was in orlando and i was in one of the biohacking conferences and i walked up to zona health and um they spoke about regulating blood pressure and cardio in a way that i haven't really heard about before and that's why i had mark uh, on the show today so mark just walk me through like you know you said you became you came to zona health by accident right but there's a very short percentage of products or services in the world that come to life by accident now talk to me how does like a cardiopulmonary physiologist looking to solve like a problem in the air force uh, which was uh, g force blackout which is just a condition that causes like temporary vision loss as the aircraft is just spinning and turning evolve and make its way to zona plus so tell me the story okay. there because that's so, very interesting it's very um yeah it's, it's super interesting yeah. look, uh, so so interesting like i kind of told you how i came to zona but i didn't tell you how zona became mm-hmm. is zona actually was in we call it the accidental discovery which most great things in science are right um you know penicillin wasn't created on purpose it was somebody mm-hmm. discovered it on some moldy bread right um but with zona there actually was a study that was done back in the 80s and a scientist dr wiley was commissioned by the us air force for the purpose of uh figuring out why pilots were experiencing g force blackout and how they could minimize it because obviously that becomes a safety risk um uh, so he was actually brought on to and, and and again as you mentioned he is a uh a a cardiologist as well as a pulmonologist and a well-renowned scientist um the accidental part was that they had taken a full panel and a health and physical measurements reading and health history and everything on everybody and then they'd done a full physical they had done all of this work and at the end of it they'd done an entire another panel in history and physical on each of the pilots that were being studied and as a side note dr wiley made a note that all of their blood pressure had gone down mm-hmm. and he's like now why in the world are we doing these studies on g force blackout and everybody's blood pressure went down like that's the weirdest thing cuz normally when people are being studied that hawthorn effect you would notice that blood pressure would actually increase there would be a heightened sense of sense of awareness why well, how did it go down it's like that doesn't make sense so make a note to myself look into that after i finish this study studies over air force moves on he decides to go dig into the data and as he digs into the data he makes a hypothesis that one of the things that's happening is that as the pilots are being studied they were being studied during their flight times but as you know there's a joystick that actually controls the fighter jet right it's it's mm-hmm. that, that that gear shift and what he found was that they were squeezing it really hard during the study so as they were squeezing this he made the association between the hand grip mm-hmm. and the blood pressure going down 
So after probably about 10, 15 years of studying this in labs and making all of these connections, he actually came to the conclusion that isometric hand grip therapy, or we, you know, therapy, isometric hand grip of any, any nature, um, was, the, was the connection. Mm-hmm. So uh, he studied and studied and studied and came up with the, the perfect amount of time and the perfect amount of space and so on. And interestingly enough, discovered this biohack that we now call the zone of plus, which is what I was just holding a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Which looks like a joystick. It looks like a little joystick, yeah. right? It's deliberately designed to look like the hand grip on a fighter mm-hmm. pilot because that's how it started. Um, and so the reality is, is that the device has been uh, created to simulate what was happening in that fighter jet. Um, and then all of these things lead to exactly what we were just talking about a moment ago with that nitric oxide production, with that potassium release, um, with that um, non-gym cardiovascular workout. Um, And if you would, I mean, I'd love to just tell you a little bit about the device and then tie it back into all of the science that we were talking about. Please, let's go. Yeah, Yeah, I would love for you to explain. What the device does itself is I've used the term isometric a couple of times. Mm And isometric, um, again, concentric, meaning I contract a muscle, eccentric, meaning that I extend a muscle, isometric, meaning literally equal measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I give you the, the example of consider the comparison between a sit-up and a plank. So a mm-hmm. sit-up, I come up, that's concentric. I go back to the floor, that's eccentric. If I plank, the idea is that I'm supposed to hold that exact same muscle group at a static resistance level for some period of time that I've predetermined, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the truth is, is most people during that first 20 seconds of a plank, they're like, I don't know the problem. People complain about these. It's not a big deal, right? 30, 40 seconds in and they're about ready to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, and what typically happens is people who are doing that plank, and if anybody's listening in a place that they can do the plank right now, feel free to play along. But you put yourself in that plank position and it's not 20, 30 seconds in that you start fidgeting, right? Your butt goes mm-hmm. a little higher in the air. You start moving your leg. You start twisting a little bit. The problem is each of those movements has actually undefined isometric because it's no longer equal measurement anymore. You've put mm-hmm. a varying amount of pressure. Just because you're still in the air doesn't mean that's equal measurement anymore. The idea mm-hmm. is that it has to be perfectly equal throughout the entire thing. So what happens in that isometric is Zona, as this hand grip, actually measures your maximum grip strength. So I crush it as much as I can, and then I let go. I switch to my other hand. I do it again. Well, then what it does is it creates an algorithm, and then Mm -hmm. what it does is it calibrates the device to your exact grip strength and then walks you through a series of exercises that has you hold it at the exact same resistance throughout the entire mm-hmm. exercise. If you, if you squeeze it too much, it yells at you. If you squeeze it too low, it yells at you. And it holds it in this very, very narrow window. And, mm-hmm. and it makes me laugh because every time somebody uses it for the first time, they're like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. They're there, they're there. And then you know, a minute or so in, they're like, wow, this is getting harder. This mm-hmm. is getting harder. I had one guy this weekend make the comment. He says, this is really strange because it feels like the longer I hold it, the harder I'm holding. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that you're holding it any harder because it's measuring that you're not. It's that it feels harder. And it's also you're... guiding you through the, I, I've seen, like, when I was using the device, I only used it for a little bit of time. And it has a screen and it tells you, apart from the voice commands, it also tells you, like, 
um, yep. you're in that hold Goldilocks it, zone. Yes. Yep. yep. It'll give you visual and audio prompts. And one thing, I mean, so if it beeps high, that means that you're squeezing too much. If it beeps low, that means you're not squeezing enough just based on the pitch. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gives you the visual cues, reading on the screen, hold zone. It'll tell you too much, yeah. too little. Um, now, again, the idea behind that, I want to walk you through a little bit of the science there. So the device walks you through this, which is brilliant, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. Um, but aside from walking you through that exercise, what is happening physiologically is what, what it, you know, blows my mind, to be honest with you. It still fascinates me every single time I talk about it. Um, and most people are like, oh, squeeze the device, my blood pressure goes down. I'm like, fair. <laughs> like, I suppose that's kind of what happens, but yeah. that's kind of like jumping from A to Z. Mm -hmm. uh, physiologically, what's happening in there, CJ, is that as the person is holding that isometric squeeze, Mm -hmm. several things are taking place about 60 seconds into that first cycle your body doesn't know your brain doesn't understand that your, your body's in danger right your body doesn't know mm -hmm. what's going on because my hand hurts almost like you're creating that tourniquet in your arm mm -hmm. and then it starts it's not it doesn't hurt but it's not comfortable right you're being forced to hold it like a plank what's happening in there is your brain now triggers this fight or flight this sympathetic response where the brain says well the the arm is in danger. Like I've got to do something to fix this problem. What in the world's mm -hmm. going on? The brain starts to figure out a way to increase blood flow to the arm. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you think the brain is going to increase blood flow? It's going to trigger a vasodilator and the vasodilator that the brain is going to trigger is the production of nitric oxide. So nitric oxide now flows throughout your entire body. You get this nitric oxide bath. And about the time that that's happening, you let go of the device because your, your, your exercise is over. Mm -hmm. Brain goes back to, okay, we're not in danger. Everything's good. Now that everything's good, your body goes back into that parasympathetic state. Well, now I mm -hmm. switch hands and I do that whole thing all over again. So this nitric oxide bath happens through each therapy four times. So your body gets this, your blood flow increases, your mental acuity goes up because of the nitric oxide. All of this is happening because nitric oxide is being produced and the vasodilation is increasing. Here's the interesting thing. That's a, that's a good thing, right? That's a, that's a good thing about the body. You're getting that naturally produced nitric oxide. I'm not taking a supplement. I'm mm -hmm. not having to eat something special. I'm making my body do it through an exercise. And as we discussed earlier, it needs to be the right exercise, not just any kind of exercise. And this is obviously the right one that's focused in this way. But something else is happening deeper. Because nitric oxide production over the course of that type of time is great because you will notice an increase in a lot of different things, including muscle recovery. You'll notice the increase in mental acuity. You'll notice the energy increase. You'll eventually notice the, the, the blood pressure decrease. But what's really happening with the blood pressure goes a little bit deeper than that. And this is the part that fascinates me about what Zone is doing. That isometric hand grip that's taking place, and there are two-minute intervals that you're doing them, two on the right arm, two on the left per day. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that interval on that, that arm, what's happening is that muscle squeeze, that, you're, that, you're, you're, that contraction you're doing to the muscle and then holding it, I mean, what is the fuel for a muscle that's actually able to, to make that type of movement or hold that type of movement? And I know you know this, but the fuel for that is potassium. Mm -hmm. So what's happening in there, I'm going to back up one step and say the body has high blood pressure. People don't pay attention to this. And the reason the body 
life was meant to be lived, right? The body is yep. designed to survive. The body is designed to heal itself. And that this is the biohacker's mantra. That is the body was designed to have everything it already needs. Hmm. But we need to make sure that we're creating environments in which it can thrive the way that it was meant to. Um, and sometimes we artificially do that. Blood pressure was never meant to go high as you get old. And yet most people who age start to have problems with their blood pressure. The reason they're having problems with their blood pressure is not because blood pressure went up or I now have high blood pressure and need pills. The reason is, is because they have a hardening of the endothelial lining of their circulatory system. The endothelium, which is that inner layer of the, of the blood vessel, begins to harden over time, which is just for the most part age-related, but it does have a lot to do with diet, exercise, and just the way we've taken care of ourselves until that point. The problem is the endothelium is not just a lining. The endothelium is kind of like a thermostat. And that is, it's telling the body, it is actually part of the regulatory system in the body that tells the body that it has high blood pressure. So if, for instance, the thermostat was out, the furnace doesn't know that the room is cold. So it never turns on. In the same way, your endothelium hardening, it's like a spongy material. And as it hardens, it loses its ability to know that the blood pressure is high. So your blood pressure is going up and your body doesn't know it. As dumb as that sounds, hmm. if we can find a way to soften the endothelium and get the endothelium to work again, the body doesn't need all of these other things to maintain its blood pressure because it knows and it knows how to take care of itself. We just need to give it those conditions. Now, back to the point of the potassium, mm -hmm. as you're actually squeezing that device and doing that isometric therapy, one of the things that has and happens is every cell in the body must maintain an equal amount of sodium and potassium. The sodium-potassium balance at the cellular level is constant throughout the, throughout the body. When you're squeezing this device, part of that causes potassium to be released from the cellular level to fuel the muscle to be able to maintain the contraction. When potassium is released from the tissue, it must move through the endothelium into the cardiovascular system in order to be spread throughout the body. As potassium moves through the endothelium, it leads to long-term results in the endothelium, which leads to the softening of the endothelial lining. Once the endothelium is then, it, this becomes the long-term solution. Nitric oxide's fantastic, but it's a short-term thing, right? It's, mm -hmm. gonna, it's gonna go in and go back out. This softening of the endothelium is almost like a fountain of youth for the circulatory system. The entire cardiovascular system finds itself younger than it was because it's no longer, it's no longer hardened. It's no longer mm -hmm. dealing with that coronary arterial sclerosis, as we said. It's going back to normal. And now your body knows how to regulate its own high blood pressure. It just almost didn't realize it had high blood pressure, if that makes sense. Yep. So many things happening. <laughs> I know. And, you know, it, this could be tied into like a later stage with hypercholesterol and hyperinsulinemia. Like there are just Absolutely. so many things that can come as a result of this mismatch or like the mismatch in or a lack of a simple word in the sensor this intelligent right. sensor that our body has and for people who are listening think about 
it this way. I mean, you might say you're healthy, but all of us have had crap food for some time before we got to that place, right? And most of the times what happens is all of those, think about like a pipe. And whenever you're, you're brushing through a lot of things through the pipe, even if you have some liquid, some debris might be stuck. And if you have a lot of debris being clogging up in the pipe, then water doesn't flow as easily. Or if it does flow, it has a lot of other things that you don't really want in your water if it's like a narrow pipe. So over here, what we're trying to say is that we have a, like Mark just mentioned, we have an intelligence system in the body that knows how to do things. But it's about time that, you know, it's not like if you took nitric oxide or if you exercise and if you just kept all those other bad habits that we spoke about, all those lifestyle habits, all the other crap that we're eating that it's going to make a lot of a difference. It's a holistic approach. So you have to change all parameters of your system to, in, to have like a better result. So I don't, and also Mark, I don't want people to think that, oh, you know, we're just going to take some nitric oxide and we're going to be fine, or we're just going to do right. some isometric and we're going to find it doesn't work that way. It obviously will be better, but you have to, it, the body is a complex system. It's very complex and you cannot pinpoint exactly Although we would like to do that, uh, you cannot pinpoint exactly and say, okay, you know what, there's a pill for everything. And what Zona Health has just done is solve this. And, and thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for explaining that in detail. I got to learn so much from that explanation. And I'm sure the listeners, this would be a fantastic interview for you guys to take notes. And what has happened here is that going to the gym and you know it's already complicated to understand what kind of an exercise are you doing and most personal trainers and i have no offense against any personal trainers but most of the personal trainers out there wouldn't even have this kind of information that we just spoke about about the right kind of exercise isometric training is not something uh, I'm, it's been there for ages it's not something that's just come up right now or it just came up in that study ancient traditions like yoga kung fu tai chi have been using this like we've seen bruce lee use this for the longest period of time and isometric training and i'm also a very big proponent of isometric training just because it has a multitude on effects well mark just spoke about the the um the reduction of the arterial stiffness and how your blood pressure could drop as a result of training but there are so many other benefits. You could build muscle like just by holding something as tight as, uh, you know, just uh, Mark explained the sit-up way, but I'll try to put a different exercise in your mind. Think about a bicep curl because everyone knows how a bicep curl is, right? So you're, we spoke about the concentric and eccentric movement, which is either lifting a dumbbell up, if you're looking at this on video, if they're li lifting it up or putting it down. But the point where you actually hold the dumbbell in one place and you're trying if it's heavy enough and you're trying to lift it there is a lot of force that has been applied in the muscle and then you hold it for about a minute maybe 90 seconds and that time plus the pressure or the force that you've been using results in more intramuscular pressure and that muscular pressure around the muscle will lead to new muscle cells like actin and myosin cells and, you know, it's, it's great for strength training because sometimes you have people who are injured or who are elderly. You, and obviously everyone goes through this phenomenon called the force velocity relationship curve where you sometimes when things get heavy, it's difficult to lift it up and lift it down. 
But when you, if something's heavy and if you're not moving it and you're just like holding and grabbing it, you can increase a lot of your strength. I have seen some studies where people lost a lot of fat and blood pressure, um, as Mark said. So this is not something new. This has already been there, but it is a complex idea, especially when it comes to cardio. And what Zona Health has done is used years of research and combined it with technology. And there is something that Mark mentioned, but I would like to get a little bit more into it, which is biofeedback, which is in simple terms, like I mentioned, there is a visual and an audio kind of like a coach telling you because in, you'd go to a gym and your coach would tell you, oh, do these reps and hold your position for X amount of time. And this has been happening with the Zona device itself. And it's personally calibrated for everyone. So, you know, uh, I wanted to ask you this question, Mark. Can if, let's say I bought the, Zo- the Zona Plus, can I, can like two members in my family use it as well? Or is it like limited to just one person and they only calibrate their um, stats? So I'm going to give you two answers to that. <laughs> Go for it. One, all of that other explanation was spot on. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for all of that. And again, great information for your listeners with everything from static resistance, hold of weightlifting and everything else, like just spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, can more than one person use Zona? The reality is, is anybody can use it and 15 different people could all use it. Because as I mentioned, at the beginning of each session, mm-hmm you're squeezing it as hard as you can and then i'm moving it to the other hand squeezing it as hard as i can the um it's it's calibrating each usage to the user's maximum voluntary contraction at that particular moment um some days i just i I mentioned to you before we even started the podcast like monday i was so strong at the gym yesterday i felt like i was gonna die it just was not a strong day for me so even using the Zona, I wasn't as strong when I squeezed it. And as far as the device knew, I was a totally different person from Monday. So every use calibrates differently because it has to be used. The algorithm is based on your ability today. Um, sometimes you're stronger in the morning than you are at night. Some people are stronger at night than they are in the morning. It's just based on your physiology. Now, the second answer I want to give you is the device itself stores all of your usage data. So nice. you mentioned things like biofeedback. Um, the biofeedback that it gives is that you're squeezing too much, you're squeezing too little. It gives you what your grip strength is for that particular exercise by measured in pounds per square inch. Mm -hmm. Um, It also tells you at the end of the therapy what percentage of time you spent in the the target range, um, Mm -hmm. which is with a 10% margin of error. Um, But aside from that, it stores all of that data over the course of a year. So the reality is, is I don't want my data and your data to show up, co- you know, commingled in there somewhere. Exactly. Because I can plug the device into my laptop computer, and all of my data uploads to our website, our tracking site called bpcharting.com. Mm-hmm. And as it integrates with bpcharting.com, what happens is, BP Charting then shows me what all of my grip strengths have been over the course of the last twelve months. It shows me if I've improved. It gives me a space to type in my blood pressure, so I can see a correlation between usage and blood pressure decrease. Um, so all of that stuff's available now. It will store that data on two different users. So if mm-hmm. I wanted to store my data, but my wife wanted to use the exact same machine, she could store all her data on the thing for the exact same amount of you know, whatever, and we wouldn't have to buy mm-hmm. two devices. Um, yep. But technic- technically speaking, 
Um, for instance, even at the conference where we first met, the the device itself, you could hold the device and every single person who used the demo devices received the benefit out of the exact same device. And that was, you know, I don't know, dozens of people throughout the day. Yeah, there so, were hundreds of people in that conference. So oh, that's thousands. quite impressive. Thousands. Yeah. It was amazing. Hundreds at any given point. Yeah, it was, it was honestly a fantastic conference. Oh, it was and, impressive. And we've been, I mean, you've mentioned grip strength a couple of times. And I'm sure when the science around the isometric part of it and the blood pressure part of it was uh, getting done, were there any considerations with regards to grip strength? Because we know that recently there has been a lot of attention given to grip strength. And we know that grip strength is, you know, it can be a good predictor of like overall strength. It could be a good predictor of like things like how fast you're going to get a fracture. Longevity, Sorry? longevity, yeah. longevity. Yeah, cognitive impairment, depression, sleep. It is just such oh, no. a important oh, yeah. biomarker. But grip strength. I was just reading an article the other day, um, and this actually is not particularly new. This actually was um, something that was put out. It was from NIH. I'm actually looking it up here. So the NIH um, National Library of Medicine. So this is this is a legitimate peer-reviewed article. And their entire grip strength argument um, determines that the two most likely recordable attributes of a person to predict longevity Mm -hmm. are grip strength and walking pace. Yeah. So the pace at which a person walks and their grip strength will ultimately be the best predictors of their lifespan. like you'd, you'd think it would be things like exercise, you know, mm-hmm. frequency or diet, no, grip strength and, and pace at which they walk. And the conclusion was that there is a direct correlation to the number of years a person lives to their grip strength as well as their, as their pace. And it's like, again, as you mentioned, it's not about one thing or another that makes everything work. It's all of these things working in tandem. So as you're lowering blood pressure, as you're, as you're getting your nitric oxide production under control, as you're doing all of these things, you're also increasing grip strength, which leads to a whole argument for longevity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, is this like one of those things that strong people look, uh, live for a longer time or people with like, in this case, like a strong handshake would live for a longer time? Right. Uh, potentially. I yeah. mean, that, that's the idea. And again, it still begs the question of is it because people with strong grips live longer or is it because people with strong grips happen to also be healthier Mm -hmm. and because they're stronger and healthier there's a lot of other variables that lead to that longevity or people who who have a faster walking pace tend to be in better health Mm -hmm. um i would would definitely go for the grip strength argument i would definitely go for the uh, the latter part that People who are strong are particularly engaging in some kind of a lifting or moving movement, which also has another effect on their, or, you know, these guys could simply be not even lifting weights, but like just doing some yard work or just moving heavy things once in a while. And that could also uh, contribute to all of these other things. Wow, this, I mean, you know, we're nearly reaching to the end of the conversation and there's just so many things that I got to learn from you. But before we wrap up, I'd just like to uh, know a few more things. So the device is available 
Um, so you have a website and you're selling through the website. I know we, you also have like, you go into conferences. How much is the device for? So the device retails at $590, the $599, that's US mm -hmm. dollars, obviously. Um, and again, that's obviously shipping, that's lifetime membership to our, uh, to our BP charting website where you're able to log in and do all that. Uh, the people ask questions about what's the warranty? What's the, the device is literally meant to be crushed. Like we, we design it so that you can try to crush it every morning. So mm -hmm. uh, the reality is, is it, it pretty much lasts forever. Um, but yeah, so $599, we have actually, our producer actually gave me a coupon code and said that they were giving a $100 discount to anybody who was listening to your show. That is very kind um, of you guys. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. And coupon code is SHIFT, S-H-I-F-T. So anybody who uses that coupon code would automatically receive a $100 discount from Zona.com. That's Z-O-N-A.com. Just go in there, type in that coupon code, and uh, it's going to be $100 off. So $4.99 for your listeners. Um, and again, it's it, when I weigh it against the things that people aren't willing to do, uh, it blows my mind because I hear people say, oh, I know, but that's a lot of money for, mm -hmm. well, I could just take medication. I'm like, yes, which costs you a thousand dollars a year. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, or even more because it just doesn't start, stop with blood pressure medications. You go to the doctor and then they stick a bunch of other things in the prescription. So if you are one of those people who are listening to this show and you're like, oh, 590, actually not 599, it's 499 now because these guys were so kind. And you guys think that, you know, maybe going to your doctor and getting a prescription is better. It's not really because you're still not teaching your body how to regulate its own blood pressure. And you're rather kind of like putting a bandaid on the symptom and not like treating the cause. So I think the better version would be to invest a little money in your health and wellness and just use a few minutes of Zona. and ditch those blood pressure medications and um so mark before we go um if you had a, this is my final question to you if you had a time machine or if you can go back in time right you could rewind time somehow and you could go back to your younger self and you can give yourself a piece of advice or two um and this doesn't have to be because now you've you have had your hands in so many things in investing, starting businesses, health, wellness. Um, what would be that one or two pieces of advice that you would give your younger self? It could be about anything. Oh, so many things I could say to that. Um, mm -hmm. My younger self, what would I do, CJ? Well, I'm, I'm guessing I'm considerably older than you. But the, the advice that I would give to my younger self would be to invest in the future sooner. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm going to cover that in a lot of different ways. And that is, I mean, as, as a young person, I would say I took my health for granted <clears throat> because, you know, say youth is wasted on the young. Um, and one of the things I would tell folks is, you know, the best, the best way to get older is to not get older. And that is to, to continue to enjoy that youth as long as you can. Um, but the body's a complex system and keeping it healthy is much, much easier than trying to unravel an unhealthy life. Mm -hmm. um, and too many people, they get old and then they're trying to biohack out of diseases or biohack their way out of conditions or out of problems that have happened. Um, and I would tell you, I personally don't have a lot of health issues, but 
what I would say to my younger self would be to start younger. I mean, start immediately. There's no reason to not be taking supplements and not doing these types of exercises. Um, and to take personal accountability for your own health. Um, one of the statements that I say here in the, in, the, in the US, we have a sick care system, not a health care system. Um, and that is our, our doctors and our insurances are too busy trying to diagnose symptoms and then get rid of the symptom that they don't actually pay attention to the, to the organism as a whole. Um, and each person's health is not the responsibility of their doctor. It's not the responsibility of their insurance company. Um, it's the responsibility of themselves because if I make the changes and if I eat healthy and if I exercise and if I take supplements and if I do the right things, I'm the one that benefits and only me. Mm -hmm. If I don't do those things, I'm the only one who pays the price for it. I would say even sometimes your close ones, like your loved ones, your family, or if you're not really paying attention to your health by yourself, there's it could also have a carryover effect in terms of like sometimes you're just angry, sometimes you're frustrated, like you know you don't have that mental yes. energy, and you know others like your kids can suffer from it. So it's it's up to you to kind of take that responsibility or an individual to take that responsibility and not just for themselves but for the people around them because you know one of the we've been talking about health and longevity and one of the things that really matter when it comes to increasing lifespan is the quality of your relationships and how you show up in the world and your community and honestly we all know that when you don't really take care of yourself when you're like 25 you can pull it off but as every year passes you start getting meaner, you start getting, you know, you might not give your friends time, you might not give someone that time, or you might just be rude to a stranger. And that might just, you know, backfire onto you and to them. So I would say I completely agree. I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the things that this is going to sound crazy, but I'm 46. Mm -hmm. um, and at 46, one of the things that's happening right now is in our 20s, all of my friends could go do whatever it is that we wanted to go do because everybody was health enough to participate. Hmm. In my 40s, I have to pick and choose which friends are still physically capable of doing the things that I want to go do. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody's going to go, you know, run the marathon. Not everybody's going to hang out at the gym every day. Not everybody is going to. I just had a group of friends a month or so ago, the same weekend as the conference, actually up mm -hmm. in Orlando that we were both at. Um, we ran the Spartan race. So what ends up happening is your your relationships sometimes suffer because not everybody can do the things you want to do anymore. You know, mm -hmm. and I have friends who are who are overweight and couldn't participate or are not in physical shape to participate. And it starts to pull apart those relationships. And if I were one of those people, that takes its toll on you. I mean, if you're the person who's getting left out because you can't participate anymore, like that, that's a problem. And psychologically, I would say bad health just tears you apart yeah it's a physical and a mental problem i would agree just make young friends man next time i'm there i'll join you in a marathon <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right oh, this has been fantastic mark thank you so much for all the work that you've been doing all of this you know to bring the light onto zona and like introducing this to the rest of the world to my audience which is completely stranger to this i'm actually working i mean i'm a part of this big conference that I told you about, this technological conference. And I was excited and I told everyone, guys, listen, today I'm going to do this podcast and this is going to be like about cardio and it just got everyone's attention. So I'm so excited to like, I'm sure they've tuned in, but to go and share 
and we are we are also doing a lot of like we're uh, a part of this whole health, future of healthcare with robotics and things like that. So a lot of these people from all over the world, they're actually waiting for me to go up to them and tell them exactly what we spoke about. So thank you on behalf of them, on behalf of That's everyone. Awesome. And uh, guys, just ship a case of Zonas to your house then. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. I wouldn't mind that. And um, <laughs> when you're listening to this, guys, please make sure that uh, you go onto the website. Uh, the team, Mark, has been really kind to offer you that discount. And I'm not just telling, I'm not just pitching you to go and buy the product, but listen to this interview again. See if you or a member of your family would benefit from this and go up to the website, read all the science and be sure what you're doing. And, you know, it's, end, it's going to be end of the year and you're getting a good discount. So why not use it? Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for everything. Oh, and, um, I really appreciate what you're doing. And this is me, CJ, signing out now from the Shift with CJ podcast. I wish everyone a, a great day, a great evening, you know, a great year, a great lifetime ahead of you. Just stay healthy and keep well, guys. Talk to you guys later. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.